0: Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio.
1: Welcome back, Catholic Connection. Hope you're having a great day. Kelly Markham is with us, and she founded a beautiful ministry, Grazia Plana Institute, to help empower young Catholic women especially high school students to embrace who they are, made in the image and likeness of God as beautiful women of God, daughters of the King of Kings. And Kelly, God's timing is, is always amazing to me. We were chatting during the break about this very beautiful letter that the Archbishop of Oklahoma just put out regarding this whole transgender crisis. And he, he it's such a good letter because there's so much information, not only obviously the church teaching and scripture and theology, but he talks about resources and how important it is for parents to make sure that they have good resources and if their child is struggling or if they think they're struggling with this issue, not to just totally think they have to give into it. It's a really well-written letter. But first of all, thanks for joining us and thanks for all the great work you do. Why did you find, why did you build up this ministry, Grazia Plana? What motivated you in the first place?
2: Well, I went to um, a university that prides itself on sort of attracting very driven individuals. I went to Georgetown University and While I was there, you know, it was this, you know, you kind of get a whole bunch of very driven, ambitious people in a small, small area. And I was noticing the pain that a lot of women were going through, a lot of my peers having bought into the messages that the world gave them about what it means to be a woman right now, what we should be prioritizing, and what empowerment looks like for women today. And of course, as we know, a lot of that coming is kind of breeding from the the feminism and the toxic feminism that saturated our culture. So I really saw a lot of that that pain borne out, and had that in the back of my mind. And then one, and I was trying to think of how how I could serve in that and to to help in that. And a few weeks, a few years later, while I was right after I was newly married, I was praying at mass um, with my husband and in D.C. and just out of, out of really nowhere, there was a very clear directive to, to start a camp for girls, and I had no idea what that would look like. I knew it needed to be under Mary's protection to bring women to her, but I wasn't quite sure how any of it would look like. But that was kind of the, the impetus for all of it, was really that very, very clear directive that I had that sort of lit this, this mission. And then over the next few years, I started looking at what that would entail and how we could build that up. So we launched it a couple years ago, and we're in our third year now.
1: Wow. So how does it work? What does it mean uh, to get involved in Grazia Plana Institute for Young Women?
2: So really what it is is we're trying to arm them with the tools that they need to combat the culture that we are in today, but more than that, to really instill in them the knowledge of, of who they are. So we do that primarily through our camp, our overnight summer camp, which we have every year. And that's an immersive camp where the girls are with us. It's grounded in the sacraments, so there's grace just infusing the whole camp. We have daily Mass, we have adoration, confession every evening. And the girls hear from women, Catholic women, speaking to them about what it means to be a Catholic woman in today's secular world and what the Church's vision for women is. And so we focus a lot on the writings of St. John Paul II. We read a lot of St. Edith Stein. Oh. we read a lot. Of Can articles. I come? You know <laughs> I want to come to the camp. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was also, you know, I wish this camp had existed when I was a teenager. No girl. kidding, so I really, right? I really want to, you know, I don't want to give them, girls don't need, in my opinion, they don't need, you know, another talk just on, you know, their hemlines. They, of course, modesty and chastity are critical, but they have to know the why. They have to know the dignity that they have and why that this, you know, they, they should comport themselves with this dignity. So we try to delve into the heart of what it means to be a woman and what it what God meant when He created man and woman separate. You know, you mentioned that beautiful letter by um, Bishop Coakley, and really talking about men and women are not interchangeable, right? The world tries to right. teach what girls that they are, and we try to say no. And that from the moment of their creation, their souls are created separate, differently from men, and they're created with this special purpose and these special gifts. And we try to really arm them with that knowledge and the vocabulary so when they go out to the world and they go to college or enter the workforce and they're being told what empowerment means or what, or, you know, God forbid, what the world says the church means for women, that these girls have this knowledge that they can say no and they, they know what the truth is and they know the beauty of that truth.
1: Wow. We're talking with Kelly Markham from Grazia Plana Institute, the website, graziaplanainstitute.com. So how is it going? What's the response been?
2: The response has been overwhelming from these young ladies. I found when I started it, you know, I just, my husband and I, we really, we sat down and we were like, okay, let's see what this, what this looks like, and we started building this curriculum. And I just kept moving forward and assuming that if I just kept putting, you know, facts on the ground, these girls would show up. So we booked facilities, we booked speakers, and girls just started, girls I'd never never heard of. You know, they, they weren't friends, they weren't friends, these were complete strangers. And their parents were just so grateful to have this resource that, you know, to, to show these girls. And I've, I was really amazed even the second year we had so many girls come back. They just wanted more. And there's such a thirst for knowledge. There's such a thirst for knowledge because they're being barrat, you know, attacked on all sides from this, by this barrage mm-hmm. from the culture, from social media and everything that they're hearing, all of the world's messaging. And they know it's not right, but they don't necessarily know what the alternative is. So that's what we really focus on is you know, we, we lay out the framework of, of the battle. This is what the world says. But we don't even spend too much on that because they know that. They know they hear it everywhere, they see it everywhere. And so then we, we, we pivot almost immediately to building up that positive vision of what the church does. And the girls love it. They love knowing that there is a role for them. They love knowing that those natural, beautiful, feminine inclinations they have are not meant to be repressed.
1: Yeah, that it's, they it's just, are meant to, yeah.
2: to develop them. So they, they love it. And we've, we've had girls come back. Um, this is our third camp, so we've had girls that have come back all three years. Or
1: they're wow. bringing their little sisters now, or they're bringing their friends. So it's mainly for grades nine through twelve, correct?
2: Yeah, we we really try to hone in on those high school years before they go off to college, so that if they go to a school where maybe the it's not as friendly to Catholicism or not as friendly to um, the notions of femininity, that they have that kind of in their arsenal. So that's where that's where we aim aim for high schoolers, and then also. Um, so they can feel they can build fellowship with other girls their age.
1: Oh, that's just awesome. So when you say a camp, is it literally a camp like the old, you know, campfires and activities outside? Yeah, yeah. is it? Okay.
2: Yeah, it is. So we're very blessed we have it. There's a beautiful facility in um, Leonardtown, Maryland that we use and a, they have a chapel so we're able to have priests come and expose the sacrament every evening. Um, with the tabernacle, but they also have kind of the fun camp things. There's canoes, there's volleyball courts, there's
1: a pool. So how many days so, is each camp? Is it several days, is it a week, or, or how long do they have yeah, with you?
2: The camp is four nights, five days. Okay. So we begin the opening days when we usually have the bonfire, and then we'll have, you know, ice cream, ice cream Sunday bar and movie night one night. So we try to keep it. It's a, it's a good mix, so it doesn't feel like... Not quite like a retreat, not quite like school, just kind of a hybrid.
1: <laughs> so there's a lot of, I'm sure, work that goes into this, obviously, in putting on one of these weeks. What kind of a staff do you have, and, and how do you pull it all together?
2: <laughs> um, I, I am a one-woman show in terms of staff. Um, so I do every day. I do bring counselors in for the camp itself. Okay. And they are generally, they, there's an application process for that. And they're generally students from either Christendom or Steubenville. Um, those, I think, are the two colleges that I've gotten the most counselors from in the past. I have a couple sisters at Christendom. So, so generally, that's been where my counselors come from. And then I have a board. We are a nonprofit, so we do have a, a small board. But in terms of staff, it is, it is just me right now.
1: <laughs> wow. And you're a mom, too. You're a wife and a mom, and you do all this. That's amazing.
2: Thank you. Thank you. It's very, I'm very blessed. My husband is incredibly supportive. He joined the church while I was in the process of um, really thinking through this camp. He joined the church in 2018. So he's just been a, a blessing. He picked the name, Grazia Plana.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. We're talking with Kelly Markham from the Grazia Plana Institute, GraciaPlenaInstitute.com. So in terms of registering, we mentioned that they can still do this. Just go to the website, right? Yes.
2: Yeah, right on the Website, you can click down under our programs is the camp page, and the registration link is there. the The fee to register is two hundred dollars. We're able to fund about two thirds of the camp through donors, and then the rest comes from the registrant fees.
1: Is there anything you need right now? How can our listeners help this ministry thrive? Because this is so important, Kelly, especially with with what's going on in the attacks on women. What do you need out there? In addition to prayer, obviously.
2: Yes, prayer is always the first and foremost. Um, the second is just spreading the word. If you know of girls in the D.M.V. area who would benefit from this, anyone listening that you know that they would appreciate being being able to come to these events, or if you right now we focus right in this in the this, the D.C. Maryland Virginia area. That's where I'm based, and we partner with parishes and schools to bring grati Plana speakers in to hold events for the girls so if they can't make the camp we can hold events for them and then you know the third way is is always we always need more funding in order to carry out our mission in order to grow you know our hope and our prayer is that we'll be able to to grow and expand the slots um at the camp to to more girls and maybe we hold multiple camps throughout the year and obviously in order to do that eventually i will need staff and we'll need uh, a little bit larger budget than we have now so that's that's really the third and final way
1: so when you received that message in Mass to do this, did you ever think it would turn into what it is now, or you just kind of, you, again, you just didn't know, you just, you know, as Mother Angelica said, you know, faith is one foot in the air, one foot on the ground, and a queasy feeling in the stomach. <laughs> you just decided to move forward. I mean, what was on your mind as you were developing this?
2: Um, I just, I felt truly called, really, it was the mission. And so when I first heard that message in Mass, that was 2017, and then um, like I said, my, my husband joined the church in the intervening years. I had a couple of babies. And I just, I kept telling my husband, I felt like I was missing something. And I truly, I, I felt this great um, not desolation, I would say, because I obviously had these, this beautiful family. But I felt truly that I was not doing what I was being, what God had asked me to do. And so I felt very un, uneasy at all times. And when I finally took the, the plunge and I started building this camp, I felt that, that queasy feeling that Mother Angelica always describes, but with a great deal of certitude as well, that at least I was moving in the track I had been asked to. So it was very, it's was been very scary, but there's always been that consolation that this is what the, what I was asked to do. And, you know, every every time I think that I can't do something or something's overwhelming – God right. just has opened so many doors. Last year, I found out I was pregnant right before the camp, and I get very sick. So oh. i so sick. And the Holy Spirit just swept in, and the camp ran beautifully, and I was granted a four-day reprieve for being ill, and it was amazing. So wow. truly, this has just been one miracle after another.
1: Yeah. Well, let's see. That's how you know God's involved, right? When when things happen. So prior to doing this, and obviously your vocation as a mom and a wife, was there a goal you had? I mean, you write, you speak. What what, what did you envision yourself when you were going to college? What was your vocational goal outside of marriage and family? What were you looking at? Uh,
2: you know, it's so funny. So my academic background is
1: actually in counterterrorism.
2: So it doesn't quite match up. <laughs> um with, with well mine. i don't know considering
1: the culture it might well, be very yeah. helpful i mean <laughs> yeah,
2: some, some insurgency doctrine has been
1: very helpful
2: <laughs> but um but no so i studied i studied early christian theology um under an excellent uh jesuit at georgetown father fields and then i studied counterterrorism and i was going to get my my phd and and move forward in that and then Um, Through a a funding shift at the program I'd been accepted to, I ended up um, kind of trying to, scrambling to find a job right before I got married, and it was my husband who reminded me that I'd always loved the pro-life movement, loved working for my faith and working for the conservative values that I hold very dear. So I ended up working in D.C. as a a lobbyist for pro-life legislation. And then when I got pregnant and the babies came, that's when I took a step back and was able to really focused on this, on gratia plena, and on what that would look like. It's just a joy to work with these girls and to give them that peace that, yes, if they develop that relationship with Christ and they develop that prayer life, and follow follow his will that they they can achieve all of these different things and set
1: the world ablaze. As Saint Catherine, Amen. Of Siena as said. Saint Catherine of Siena says, "Love it when you are whom you are meant to be. You will set the world on fire." Love that, Kelly. God bless you. Continued success for this beautiful ministry. GraziaplanaInstitute dot com. We'll put a link to it on our archive section at Catholic Connection. Coming up.
3: The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. Isn't it awesome that we today do not recognize his presence in the Eucharist? Is it because we really don't go to him in humbleness of heart and say, Lord, I don't believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I want to see you. I want to recognize you. I cannot live without you.
0: Are we saying that? EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com.
4: Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com.
5: with Teresa Tamia.
1: Welcome back, Catholic Connection. 17 minutes past the hour. I say this lots of times and I'll repeat it again on Thursday. One of my favorite quotes from Mother Angelica, well, there are so many, but she says, Holiness is not for wimps. The cross is not negotiable, sweetheart. It is a requirement. That is so, so true. Wherever we are, In our faith walk, if we have faith, if we don't have faith, we live in a fallen world. So every single person is going to suffer. Nobody gets out of this world unscathed. But what our Catholic faith gives us so beautifully is this teaching on redemptive suffering. Mother Angelica knew that and taught that, and our guest, Johnny Scythe, knows that as well. A beautiful book, Pain of Grace, Living and Suffering with Dignity. Johnny, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Teresa, for having me. All right, so you've been on our airways before through the Journey Home program, but tell us about this book, because it really is a very personal story, isn't it?
3: Yes, very much so, um, and it was very hard to um, let go of that and, and be very vulnerable, um, but I really felt that God was asking me to do that. Um, so it's my story, but it's also in a sense, could be anybody's story. We all, what you just said, we all suffer. We all have issues. Even if we look like we don't, everybody has some issues. And I think God wanted me to write this book so I could share what he has done through my life and the ups and downs of the difficulties and thinking, where is God in this? What is mm-hmm. he doing? And, but just to look for him is a good thing in our sufferings. You know, we just,
1: Mm -hmm.
3: it's when we shut him out and in this time that we even suffer more because he he has so much to give us in our sufferings if we allow it, even though that's difficult many times. Um, So, yeah, my journey uh, starts, uh, well, I was Jewish and then converted uh, to Catholicism when I was a young young lady at 23 Mm -hmm. and then got married have four beautiful little children, and then my body fell apart. I have a connective tissue illness called Ehlers-Danlos, and literally my body just falls apart daily. Mm. Um, So trying to figure out how to walk with the Lord, do what He's calling me to do, but also in this pain, and He's taught me a journey of love that I never expected. Um, Just the other day, I was having a really rough day, and I'm my, my, my go-to is, who am I praying for, Lord? Who is this for? Hmm. And I was praying for someone who asked me to pray for them. And I was like, thank you for letting me love this person in this way. And thinking that and hearing it in my heart really showed me and continues to show me on a, a daily basis how the Lord is drawing us into his way of love denying ourselves completely, which is very difficult, pain, Mm -hmm. right? Pain of grace. Um, But when we do that, we not only grow more loving to others, we also are able to enter into his heart um, of how much he loves us. And then that's life-giving. What I'm seeing, and I'm sure you are too, um, daily, is the lack of hope that,
1: Yes, I just world. talked about that at the top of the hour in, in- introducing the, the show for today with your book.
3: Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping to to bring through my story, is that there's hope for all of us, that God hasn't abandoned us in our sufferings, and it's an invitation for us to walk even more closely with Him. Um, And reading the story, my life's been very difficult physically, but also so much joy, And one of my favorite lines from the Bible is, Lord, give us joy to balance our afflictions. Mm. And that's what I have found um, walking with him. When I first got sick and was very scared, um, you know, what's happening? Am I going to be able to be a mom and a wife and all that? Um, He showed me despair, but from the point of view of a person with faith. And that was such a gift to me because I realized that made all the difference
6: right.
3: when we don't have him in our life to carry that other part of the, the cross, the other part of the, uh, what is that word um, that he's carrying with us, a mm-hmm. plowing field, and we pick mm-hmm. that up. Um, I can't think of the word, but we have to allow him to pick up the other part. Um, if we try to do it ourselves, we can't. And that's what I'm seeing in the world today: is so many people despairing because we don't have what we need to get through the hard times. And that's why we're losing so many, and even young people, um, they've lost hope. And our hope is from the Lord. Our joy is from the Lord. Um, The world is making everyone see, well, worldly that everything comes from it. You know, material things are. We're only worth what we can do,
1: and yet if that were if that were true, if that were the answer, then everybody should be you know deliriously happy, right? Considering right. everything we have in the world right now, technology-wise, especially in this in this first world country of ours,
3: right. But I think that we're also seeing very in our face the lie mm-hmm. that we aren't happy. So there has to be more, and and that's what Jesus brings to us. That's what a relationship with Him is we have to be friends with people. We're relational, right? We, we need each other to help each other carry our own crosses. But to have that relationship with him who can do amazing things where we can't even imagine. Right. Um, so I'm hoping that this book shows a very raw, very real of my difficulties of like accepting a lot of these things. Um, but when we say yes to him in our difficulties, um, and it might be, that's all we have left. And that's with me. I, that's all I had left. I'm like, I came into the church because I was being plagued by horrible, horrible nightmares every night. And I thought I was going to lose my mind. And I had nowhere to turn. I had tried everything, everything the world had to offer. But the time came that I'm like, I'm going to go out of my mind. And I finally just, I remember just yelling out to the Lord, if you are there and you want me, then you have to stop these dreams, these nightmares, and I'll be yours. And it it took me to get to that point of emptying, like, just total abandonment. Yeah, total abandonment, putting
1: yourself at the foot of the cross and just offering it up, as my mother always said. If you don't mind my asking, as a reporter in me, what were the nightmares about? Oh, gosh.
3: So I was Jewish, so I didn't have a any christianity background so that uh, the nightmares were horrible i was being buried alive Mm. every night by evil monks and nuns chanting and i could feel the weight of the, the dirt thrown on me every single night it was paralyzing for an entire year and so all i knew from Christianity was from those nightmares, right? I mean, and that like,
1: that would that would make you want to run in the opposite direction as as, as opposed know. to running into the church. So that's really interesting.
3: Yeah. So it's God's grace. Uh, when I am signing my books, I always put you know what Saint Therese said: "All is grace."
1: All is grace. I was, yeah.
3: I was talking to a priest a couple months ago, and he was like, "You know, how's it going? And what it you know?" He was trying to see how he's doing and everything, and I said, "I feel so blessed." Because I feel like God has, in so many ways, protected me and guided me through my life. And I'm just, nothing earned. It's just
1: His gift. It's just grace. Yeah. Johnny, hang on. We're going to continue this amazing conversation on this beautiful story. And so appreciate, Johnny, opening herself up and being very vulnerable and sharing not only her journey into the church, but her journey of redemptive suffering. The church has such a beautiful teaching on this. I sound like a broken record for those of us who remember LPs and broken records It's a beautiful teaching, especially with teachers, for example, like John Paul II. More on the book, Pain of Grace, and we come back.
7: As Catholic parents, we know that parenting can be hard, frustrating, and lonely.
1: But it doesn't have to be that way anymore.
7: I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm
1: Lisa Popchak from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com.
7: It's an online community dedicated to supporting faithful parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can
1: chat with our team of family life coaches every day.
7: Get expert help with discipline issues. Self-care. Creating a stronger marriage.
1: Living your faith at home.
7: Or just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world.
1: In addition to the personalized expert support you'll get as a premium member of CatholicHOM.com, you'll get access to tons of creative resources.
7: Check out entertaining videos to teach your kids to get along with each other and love the Lord. Downloadable activities. Monthly live parenting Q&As. A
1: supportive community of faithful parents.
7: And tons of other benefits, like our exclusive Catholic Home podcast.
1: Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home community.
7: Remember, that's CatholicHOM.com. We can't Can't wait wait to to see you you there. there.
1: Father Benedict
6: Groeschel. I usually i am operating on the gifts of the Holy Spirit when I don't feel well, even when I'm annoyed, when I'm down and out. During my recovery from an automobile accident, immense numbers of people wrote to me and sent me emails, 50,000. And they told me how helpful they thought my talks on EWTN were to them. I'm delighted, but I want you to know I'm nobody's fool. The talks that were helpful, the sentences that were helpful, the phrases that were helpful came from the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And the styrofoam packaging came from me. I did that. And styrofoam doesn't amount to very
0: much. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic.
1: Johnny Scythe walks readers through her very interesting and eye-opening conversion story from a culturally Jewish background to Catholicism and also relates her struggles to live in grace despite her physical challenges. A beautiful book, Pain of Grace, Living and Suffering with Dignity. The author is our guest, Johnny J. Scythe. How do we get the book, Johnny?
3: Amazon has it. So okay. if you just go to Amazon and type in either my name or uh, pain of grace, it should come up.
1: And we'll put a link to it also at uh, Catholic connection on the archives. Every day we archive mm-hmm. our shows and all the information. All right. So please do tell, finish that story about how you're having these nightmares, basically being tortured by religious, oh. and then you end up coming into the <laughs> Catholic
3: church. <laughs> and God's sense of humor, right? I right. Mean it's like, uh, that's how he's worked with me. Uh, so the next morning after, I just reported on, you know, on the line the night before and said, you stop these dreams, and then I'll be yours. Well, the next morning I woke up, sat up on the end of my bed, and looked up to the sky and said, okay, now what? I don't know what to do, but I'm yours. And immediately he started sending Christian people in my life. It was just amazing. And I never had problems with Christianity, even as a Jewish young girl. It's like if God wants to, to – Make himself a man, and you know, I don't have a problem with that. That's he's God. Um, so I went to different churches each uh, Sunday to see where I fit in, and I even went back to the temple to make sure or the synagogue to make sure I wasn't making a big mistake. But something always was missing, always mm-hmm. was missing. And so I happened upon a Catholic church and on a Sunday, and I was like, okay, I'll try the Catholic church out, and it was very. Jewish to me. It was very kosher, uh, the hand washing, the psalms, the, you know, in the readings, and, and I felt very comfortable. But then bells rang, and it drew my attention to the front, and the priest was holding up this white disc. And I had no idea, my head had no idea what was going on, but my heart leapt out and said, my Lord am and I my not? God
1: oh i just got the chance i just
3: started to weep i just start i have goosebumps even telling you now i i had i just started to weep and i knew i had to receive him and i called a friend's mother who i knew was catholic as soon as i got home i said what do i need to do i need to receive jesus in this eucharist and the next day i was signed up for rcia wow uh so yeah it was was amazing and i you know never turned back it's such a gift i have a very strong devotion to the Eucharist. And that's where we find that joy and that unity of ourselves to the Lord on the cross is in the Eucharist. There's a beautiful uh, prayer called the Servants of the Eucharist, and we consecrate ourselves, our pain, our struggles, our lives, our very beings. We united our hearts with Jesus in the Eucharist. And we give him our life. And when we do that, we're not only on the foot of the cross, you know, at the bottom of the cross, but he embraces us. He comes down to embrace us and lift us high on the cross, but also into his heart. It is just intimate and beautiful. And I think it's the root of redemptive suffering. And we, without the Lord, could do nothing with our pain, Right. right? We could do nothing except be miserable. But when we give it to him willingly, he turns it into graces. I don't know how, but I, know I don't know he how he it. does it.
1: I think it's really important just to say, okay, that this this really stinks when I'm going through whatever it is, whether it's physical suffering, mm-hmm. emotional suffering, or there's a relationship issue. Lord, this really stinks. I don't like it. But what do you want me to do with this? I know there's a lesson in here somewhere, right? Yep.
3: And that's what the whole book is. The lesson, me pouring out my heart saying, I'm not happy right now with what you're doing. What are you thinking? Mm -hmm. But I'm choosing to trust. I I need to trust. And I think that that leap of faith is so important. When we give it to him, he can do so many beautiful things. We never expected the gift of our redemption, right? Mm -hmm. We just had, you know, Good Friday. And then how many of us would have expected... Easter Sunday, but that's what he gives to us when we trust him, when we turn to him, and so that's what my journey has been about. I, you know, I have a, I have a beautiful life. I have an amazing life. I love the Lord. I love the Eucharist. I'm in pain twenty four seven, but I know I'm walking with Him. And sometimes it's just laying in bed and saying. Lord, it's yours. You know, you get in so much pain sometimes that you can't even think in words. So, but he knows my heart. He knows that I want to be with him. And that's where I find my comfort. That's where he, his love is for us that suffer, which, again, everyone suffers. Um, and that's why I think that God had me write this book, that in immense pain, whether it's physical or mental, um, he's there for us Mm -hmm. and his mother oh my goodness she's a rock
1: star mama mary a good jewish mother you must relate to her right oh
3: yeah my last chapter is called jewish mothers yeah um i love her so much and when i'm too much me and, and unwilling to uh bend to the, the lord uh mary is there for me and sometimes it's like i hit over the head by a two by four but she takes me by the hand it says we're doing this together we're going to walk yeah. with jesus together and so i guess the book is a invitation to to meet my friends. I friend <laughs> mm-hmm. trite but on you know really um to meet the Lord in our sufferings, to sit with Mary at the foot of the cross, and just let her hold us sometimes.
1: Right, and I also think, too, your journey is such a journey of trust, because uh, how does one come into the church after the experience you had with these dreams and Lord saying, trust me, I got this, and then also bringing you into the church, it has so much in terms of not just an understanding from Scripture, But, for example, in the summary of your book, you're quoting the document from John Paul II on redemptive suffering. We have teachings on redemptive suffering. And so the Lord knew what you needed way ahead of time, even before you needed it, I thought you needed it. Isn't
3: that crazy? Yeah. Now, honestly, I have to tell you, I still have problems with Gregorian chant. That's the one thing that has lingered is that sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm not ready for that. And the really funny thing is that my godfather who brought me, you know, came with me into the church um, and that the woman I had went to, they're my godparents, um, she's my godmother, and she brought me to a Benedictine monk. Uh, And he would answer all my questions, and he became my godfather. That's so funny. I I had a little bit of trepidation with that one. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for much, you know? Yeah. But I don't know if that God, again, in his wisdom that I will see one day, hopefully, um, he knew this is exactly what I needed. And to see that where I only saw darkness and pain and fear and the heaviness of this crushing dirt on my soul, That that would one day awaken me to the beauty of sisters and monks and and priests. My son's a priest, Um, and my husband's a deacon. So yeah, my husband's a deacon. My husband's a deacon. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah,
2: Yeah.
1: you're you're a (laughs) fellow DW deacon's wife. That's awesome.
3: That's right. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we are so blessed. So yeah, God turns what we think a lot of times on its head.
1: Right. And I say he always turns, and being that I'm, I'm Italian, he turns lemons into limoncello, girlfriend. Let me tell you. Yum. <laughs> Yum. Listen, we got to go. Great talking with you. Love to have you back on. I could talk to you for hours. Thank you for your openness, your honesty, and your realness. Johnny Scythe, the book is Pain of Grace, Living and Suffering with Dignity. God bless you, Johnny. Keep going, girlfriend. You're doing great work. We'll be right back.
6: Colossians chapter one, verse 10. Live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Knowledge by acquaintance is what St. Paul's talking here. We need to increase our acquaintance of God. What can we do to increase our knowledge of God? Well, study scripture, pray, fast. But here's the obvious question, are you? increasing in the knowledge of God? Or are you simply kind of staying stable? You're living off past encounters. When we speak of increasing our knowledge of God, as I said, you can read all the books you want about God and you'll have lots of information, but it doesn't mean that you'll necessarily become acquainted with him. We need to know God by acquaintance. And that's what lies at the heart
5: of all true religion. Cresta in the Afternoon weekdays at four Eastern on EWTN radio.
7: The
2: following is a medical moment.
5: Hi, I'm Bobby Schindler, brother
6: of Terry Schiavo. A second opinion is when a physician, other than the one currently responsible for your care, reviews your medical records and any test results in order to assess, diagnose, and recommend treatment for you. You have the right and don't need to give a reason to seek a second opinion. And many people do so to simply explore options. You may want to get a second opinion when your current physician's recommended treatment doesn't reflect your pro-life values. You want to learn about other possible treatment options and assess risk and benefits. You don't feel that the current healthcare facility is best equipped to handle the treatment. A 2017 study by the Mayo Clinic found that 88% of patients that received a second opinion had a new or refined diagnosis or treatment plan. It very well may pay to get an alternative viewpoint to ensure you get the best care possible.
2: This Medical Moment, brought to you by MyLifeAngels.com.
5: You're listening to the best of Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamia.
1: Dr. Vestigi said we have so many great witnesses of the Catholic faith, and uh, at the top of my list would be our next guest. In addition to Dr. Vestigi, Father Michael Schmitz really needs no introduction, has done so much to help us to re-embrace our faith, whether it's Scripture, the Bible in a Year podcast, or now the Catechism in a Year. He's also been so generous with his time in joining us on the Good News Cruise, and he's coming back in January. Father Michael Schmitz, what a gift to have you on this morning. How are you?
4: Thank you, Teresa. I think I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing?
1: Good. I'm doing great, Father. Always great to hear your voice. Okay, first of all, let's talk about catechism in a year. How is it going?
4: Uh, how's it going for me? How's it going for everyone else? That's the. Uh,
1: well, I think both. I'm sure you've done like a survey of the gazillion people that have signed on already. But, but so what's oh, like man. the latest? Yeah, what they, are people saying?
4: That's you know it's interesting. I got the chance to talk to a bunch of people this last week and last weekend about like about their experience, and uh, I think the I think the here's what I get. Here, I, I said this right away that like even recording it was such a different experience because with the Bible, it's a story. You can kind of follow the story. Also with the Bible, the first couple uh, you know chapters or first couple like numbers of days, like these are all stories that like, not only do I know, but like everyone knows these kinds of, so it's like, Oh yeah, yeah, we got this. And, and for this, for the catechism, originally it was, wow, what are we going to do with this? Because this is like, what is the catechism? Why the catechism? And and it took a little bit to get into. Now I'm loving it. Like, I, every time I get the chance to record, I'm just like, man, this is so good, such good stuff that, um, that's awesome for me. I, <laughs> I would say that most people are saying this is really, really helpful, but it's different than the Bible. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. Helpful, but helpful, but different.
1: And see, but, but the thing is, is that it, it works together. I mean, if you've studied the catechism and you look at scripture, I mean, it's all built on scripture because, we, you know, we have that three-legged stool in the church. But to me, the catechism is so helpful because you can look up pretty much any topic in the Catholic church. It's like that old Prego spaghetti sauce commercial, right? It's in there. <laughs> there there's there's something. There. It explains it. It explains a particular situation in the world.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree that there is... Um like, you can even, I mean, that's, that's one of the things I love about, one of the many things I love about, I love about the Catechism, is you can say, oh, wait, here's a, here's a reading from Scripture. I don't understand it. Or does the, does the Church have any kind of, I want to say definitive explanation of this or interpretation of this, but is there any way in which this really translates into a doctrine that we have? And so you can look through the Catechism and say, like, okay, I want to look up John chapter 3, verse 10, and... Like, look, John chapter 3, verse 10, and see where that is in the catechism, too. Like, where does that fit in? And I love, like you said, like, it's, it's all in there. And there's something about, man, I would say once you get the catechism down, or even just, like, familiar with it, do not have to have it memorized or anything like that, but once you kind of understand it, go back to the Bible, and it's, oh, my gosh, other, more even more and more doors get opened up when you read Scripture because they, they, they inform each other or they, they, they reveal each other in some way.
1: You know, the other thing, too, it just reaffirms for me the authority and the wisdom of the church and all these different issues. Yeah. And you know me and my media background. I love quoting the catechism. Just a few paragraphs where it talks about the use of social communications. You could take that section, which is like, I think, four or five paragraphs long and print it up. And it should be in every newsroom in the country and the world because it's so clear in terms of. People have a right to authentic information. I'm paraphrasing, but but reality, truth, right? And it talks about objective reporting, and and it, it it is religious in the sense of we know that we have the fullness of truth. But that's those statements alone could stand by themselves in any newsroom in the country.
4: Oh yeah, completely. It is it, it is, um, you know, it, and that's in the section uh, I think that's section on morality. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yep. third the third pillar, and it, sometimes we get to like you get to one of those commandments where it's like, well, this is pretty straightforward, like. Uh, don't steal. And you think, okay, what's the section on the catechism don't steal going to say? And there is so much depth to it, or even don't bear false witness. I think that Mm -hmm. bearing false witness, that might be where we have this uh, about communication. And you realize, wow, here is this massive reflection and instruction that's offered to all followers of Christ based off of this commandment that everyone knows, okay, don't bear false witness, don't lie, is what we kind of typically reduce it to. But then the church says, "Here's where, here's, here's all the ways in which that can, that can be expressed, and all the ways in which they, let's go deep with this. I mean, even the recognition of, and not just don't lie, but also the ways in which we're called to bear witness to our faith in the world. And so, so there's that that sense of like, am am I taking the Lord's name in vain if I claim to be a Christian but don't live like it? Like, oh, I never thought of." I never thought that that commandment could be related in that way. So there's uh, so much depth. I love
1: it. Yeah, and I'm sure you're even learning things differently, or maybe things are are just kind of maybe even becoming more clear, because it's kind of like when you go back, and and we've all, if we're faithful and go to Mass every week, by the the three-year cycle, by the time the three years is up, we've been exposed to quite a lot of Scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament. But, you know, you, you read Scripture every day, and a verse that you've heard a gazillion times can appear very different and hit you in a new way.
4: Well, completely. Yeah, there there are sections in the catechism that, I mean, I I, I think I'm pretty familiar with all of the catechism, but I haven't read all of the words, and so that's that's a, that's a you know that that sense where you're like, no no no, I know it's in there. Like you mentioned with the Frego commercial, like mm-hmm. I, I know that it's there, but I, have I ever taken the time to really break down all of the words? And one of the things that strikes me is not only how accessible the catechism is, but also how beautiful. In many ways, I mean, there are, some, there are some sections that get a little kind of wordy in the sense of, I remember, you know, as I'm narrating this, as I'm reading this, I think, like, well, that's a, that is almost a St. Paul sentence. That is a run-on sentence right there. But <laughs> for, the, for the most part, there is this beauty mm-hmm. in, in every section, just like, man, who in the world thought of, you know, we able to say in such clarity, such, in such accessibility, such approachability, but also such beauty. It just, it, it strikes me every time. Yeah,
1: and that's why I just I just love being Catholic. I'm just so grateful for the Church and her wisdom, and and it's just it goes on and on. We're talking with, of course, you recognize the voice, Father Michael Schmitz. He's from the Diocese of Duluth, uh, but his witness is so much further. He does a great job there with the youth as well and college students, but we know him for the Bible in a Year and now the Catechism in the Year, and also we know him from the Good News Cruise. And Father, you're coming back for more punishment, I guess, huh? <laughs> I wouldn't say the
4: punishment. <laughs> I am excited. In fact, I would say. I, I don't know if we talked about this before, but when I went on the first one, and it was kind of like, okay, I'll do this, you know. John asked me to go, so, you know, John Hale asked me, I'll I'll do it, fine. And I got there, and I thought, almost immediately, not immediately, but, but as soon as I got past those initial kind of like, what am I here for? I was blown away by uh, just how good it was. The, the fun people that are all around that just the – um the, the the life and I think we I mean, you and I have talked about this before but you know as as this is you know oriented towards towards those couples and it's oriented towards the people who just want to grow in their faith it's not oriented towards people who are perfect in their faith or people who are perfect in their marriages pe- oriented to or anyone who just like no, nope, this is this will be good for us to go and because I think it can help us grow can help us take that next step and so it's this weird I mean good when I say weird I mean don't mean weird bad I mean weird good weird combination of vacation and kind of retreat and uh possibility for like marriage renewal just amazing
1: Yeah, we've had many marriages actually and we thought that it would be a little bit more for like a, another type of a marriage encounter experience but then we also found out in addition to that as you just said father there were people who were saying okay this is our hail mary pass this is the last effort and they went and they were very they had their marriages healed they were able to go to confession they were able yeah. to, you know, talk to some professionals there, pull, you know, a doctor Ray Grundy aside or someone and really kinda of get some great advice. When they could pull him away from the Windjammer Cafe if he could spare five minutes away from the away from the area, but anyway, no, it's, it's such a, it's such a unique experience. The other thing I love is the witness that we give when we have our name tags on and people see the name tags. So what's the good news cruise and where they see us all heading to mass or all these couples together. This is the way you witness to the joy of the faith that we can have mm-hmm. good, clean fun. And yes, you can dance and you can have a cocktail and, you know, obviously all things in balance and moderation, but to have fun and to be a witness to the joy of the Lord joy. Well, I think that there's
4: also that, that sense of we think that it has to be one or the other. That This happens, you know, in parishes. It happens in our campus ministry here up in Duluth, on the, on the campus of the University of Minnesota Duluth. Sometimes we have students who arrive and they think, okay, I have to be my church self when I'm around, like, uh, the Catholic Student Center, the Newman Center. Uh, but then I get to be, like, my real self when I'm, you know, my fun self, my loud self, or my, my, my goofy self when I'm somewhere else. As opposed to that recognition of, oh no, we need you. we need you, we need your whole self, and like you said, that witness that we that we bring. If 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 we could more regularly bring the witness of joy in the gospel, joy in Jesus, to just our ordinary daily lives, then we would realize that oh, so evangelization isn't a matter of of like the, sitting someone down and beating them over the head with with scripture. That evangelization gets to be an opportunity of just. Like no, this is this is just giving witness to what Jesus has done in our lives, and I'm a pretty happy person, and that gives witness to Jesus. Like that, even that that very fact gives witness to, to, to Christ, I think is amazing.
1: Yeah, and I think even you run into somebody, you're sitting next to somebody on the pool deck or, you know, maybe you're in the gift shop and they see your name tag and you just tell them what you're doing and, and why you're doing it. Hey, yeah, I mean, this is great. We're, we're celebrating mass every and day. We're meeting some fun couples and we're having a great time. Again, it doesn't have to yeah. be this this lecture and, 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 and quoting this that and the other thing, but to just show the joy of the Lord and coming to an event that is you know, obviously very Catholic. But it's also so real and so down to earth, and there's so much laughter. I mean, starting with, of course, our MC, Father Joe Krupp, who's you know, a comedian. Yeah, he's I mean, great. He's just, he so is great. just great. But making it very real for people, and when we share our testimonies and allow people to ask us questions, because I think, and you probably get this too, because you're a priest and you're very popular and you know, successful with your great witness, that people think you don't have any problems in the world, you have the perfect family, everything's wonderful, everything's always rosy. They look at people in ministry and think, oh, you've never had an issue. Well, let me tell yeah. you, we all have issues, right?
4: Completely. Oh, and, and that's so fascinating to me that 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 people. I I guess part of it is I, I wonder if part of it is because you know we don't necessarily always share like the worst things about about our lives with everybody immediately, or even like you know if I'm preaching or if I'm you know doing whatever teaching, I'm not gonna. Someone someone had said this. They said they said, "Father, you make it sound like uh, there's following Jesus is really easy." I'm like, oh well, my bad because. I would say following Jesus is impossible. Like without God's grace, like it is impossible. And in in the, the brokenness that I have, it's it's man. I, I need a lot of God's help, and yet, and yet He wants to help. And so yes, so when you get to know someone, you realize oh, okay. Hopefully you get to know them, get to know them and realize that wait a second, there is uh, there is a need for God's grace in that person. And if God can use that person to man to help others know Jesus, if that can use that person and work through all their brokenness to, to uh, make them a person of prayer, then, then he can use me. And that that's completely, that's 100% true.
1: So Father, we really appreciate you doing this because I know you're super, super busy. Is there like a favorite part of the cruise for you? Is it the mass? Is it meeting <laughs> with the people? What is it?
5: That's a good question.
4: I I like hearing what everyone else has to say. That's, that's probably one of the best things for me is just, able to go to those sessions and be able to just take in some stuff and then yeah I, I work with married uh marriage prep couples all of the time i work with some married couples on a regular basis and so it's just that even just life and just being able to kind of just be around it and everyone's so normal that was one of the things that struck me the one time i went is that so like no, this is this is a great just people are here to have fun but they know how to have fun they know how to pray they know how to play and that is uh i know some people Maybe including the person I'm talking to right now knows how to dance. <laughs> and uh, and that's, that's, that's real, that's real fun.
1: Yes, me and Bishop Coffee, We're out there dancing. The two old folks out there on the dance floor the most of the time. Father, it's great to talk to you. Thank you. God bless you for everything you do. So looking forward to seeing you. I know we're going to see you, God willing, in August, too, at the uh, Grand Hotel event. But that is sold out. Unfortunately, we don't have any more room. If we could get more rooms, we'll try. Maybe we'll uh, move it to another hotel or add it. I don't know. But it's it's packed. So thank you so much for all you do. And we'll see you up north, as we say, in Michigan at the... uh, Grand Hotel, for our Grand Hotel getaway, and then, God willing, in January, dot com. Check it out, goodnewscruise.com, to register for the Good News Cruise in January. Father Michael Schmitz, among those who'll be there, you don't want to miss it. We'll be right back.
6: Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries' YouTube
5: page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. Are mobile phones dangerous? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Our phones have become an extension of our physical bodies, and they emit radiation. Where you routinely place, hold, or store your phone on your body is critical. Energy emitted from radio frequency exposure can be absorbed by the body and potentially harmful. Apple recommends customers using its latest iPhones try the hands-free options like built-in speaker phones and headphones to reduce exposure. Android-type phones top the list of phones giving off the most radiation. Keep all brands of phones away from your ear and head when possible. Men should store a phone in a pant pocket. Women should keep their phone in a purse, pant pocket, but not in their bra. I didn't know this was a thing. Practice social distancing from phones. Like fasting from food, maybe it's time for a digital detox. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. People ask how they can care for
0: older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and lighthouse work. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com.
1: Hey, thanks so much for listening to Catholic Connection. And just remember, if you're a new listener or not, if you've been on board with us for a while, you may not know that we are co-produced actually by Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. And you can find us both online, all kinds of great resources at EWTN.com and... AveMariaRadio.net. Now, I give you those websites quite often because I want to remind you, if you heard something on the show today, yesterday, last week, you can go to those websites and you can go to the archive sections or you can look them up and we have records of them for you. And if you heard, let's say, maybe about a book, or a document, you can certainly go to EWTN in their religious catalog to order an item or you can look up any type of encyclical or papal document or information about any of our shows there as well. So these are great resources in addition to great Catholic radio every day. We'll see you next time on Catholic Connection.
0: You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.